One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast. Code acast. Hi, listeners. Before we get going today, I want to tell you that we've teamed up with Honest Brew, which I really think is brilliant. Jamie, after a hard day's work, what's the thing you want more than anything else, apart from seeing your fiancé and child, obviously? Uh, probably a cold beer. Me too. And what beer do you like? Uh, I don't know, like craft beers mainly, like Beaver Town, Meantime, Five Points, that kind of thing. Yep, those are great. I personally like to rep the South London beers, so I drink a lot from Brixton and Gypsy Hill. Yeah, see, I'm not sure how easy it is to get those beers at my local shop. Aha! Well, that's where Honest Brew comes in. Honest Brew delivers beer from the best independent craft breweries right to your door. So no more schlepping back and forth to the nearest hipster off license. You've just described a situation where I never have to leave the house. Where do I sign up? Just head to their online shop. There you can pick and mix your own selection of beers, purchase a gift, or get your hands on one of their curated mixed cases. And remember... Honest Brew's craft beer experts taste test every beer listed, so they're all good. And the good news for good dad ugly listeners is that you can get £10 off your first order with the code FATHERHOOD. Cheers! Hello and welcome to the Good, the Dad and the Ugly, the Fatherhood podcast. I'm Seth, and you dad, and on each episode you'll hear me and my good pal Jamie, hello, who's also a new dad, as we chat with our special guest each month about everything that comes with modern day fatherhood. Along the way, you'll also get the latest highs and lows and thrills and spills as Jamie and I foray further into these unfamiliar, joyful and often choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly. This is Seth and I'm here with Jay. Hey Jay. Hey, how you doing? Is it not episode 13? No, it is episode 14. 14, yeah. yeah. 13 was the best of episode. Yeah. I Instagrammed before you guys arrived saying we're recording episode 13 tonight. So that might be quite confusing. They're going to be so confused, yeah. those three people. <laughs> it's true, my mum will not know what's going on. It feels like it's been, like we've got loads to catch up on, doesn't Should it? Should we say this is series two? Because I feel like we took a break and a lot of people who do that kind of say this is series two. But I think we should just roll it like, continue. we just took a sort of a New Year break and now yeah. we're back. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, because otherwise it's like we're just sort of dividing our lives up into series then. Yeah, a bit like you do with kids when you kind of divide them up into the monthly 
True, yeah, I suppose know, so. So it's because so, Eliza's now over one. It's like she's now in series two. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Sorry, you were you were saying what? What have you been up to? Well, they, if, it's been I a while since you've seen it. Yeah. So yeah. there's like, like there's although it hasn't in the in the grand scheme of things, it hasn't really been that long. But you know, when you're if you're like a parent, yeah, you end up kind of seeing all these kind of micro changes that yeah. happening happen in your child. Yeah. And so it feels like loads has happened. Yeah. But actually, from for like anyone looking from outside, not much has happened. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. But but yeah. So she's got like more teeth. Yeah. Well done. Um, more words. Yeah. Such. What's her? What's her latest? Um, so, well, the, the the most. So she's actually got to the stage now where she understands a few words and uses them in the right way. So she'll say up if she wants to be picked up. Okay. Um, and the other one that she does quite a lot is she says no if you've if you've given her, which is relevant to today. Yeah. If you, no, if you're if you're offering her too much food, she'll say no. Okay. And throw stuff on the floor. Oh, good. Okay. And I, still, other, I still do that. To be fair. Do you? In restaurants, yeah. If, if they give me too much food. I only no only in posh restaurants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the other hilarious thing that she does when she does this, and I think she's got this from the childminder that we said it to, she like wags her finger as she says no. <laughs> like that. Uh-uh-uh. Exactly. And we were like trying to work out what, where she got this from. And we, we realized it must be because when she's at the childminder and she's like throwing her food on the floor, the childminder's like, no, 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 don't do that. It so could be she, worse. She could be like giving you the finger or something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, Matilda's not saying anything. She's eight months, so she doesn't say. It. She says she's saying "dada," but she doesn't know what it means. Yeah. So I'm not counting it. Although I do count it to get one up on that because I'm like I win because she's saying "dada" before she's saying "mama." But you know about you know how that you, you've have you looked into like the the way that like words sort of no. first develop because no. the easiest thing to say yeah. is is "dada." Oh, is it really? Which is why it's the name for for dad. That's basically no. the patriarchy no. in full effect. Really? Yeah. Oh, and then wow. mama is like slightly less easy to say and that's why it's like mum. Wow. I'm pretty sure that's right. Okay. So that's why if you look around the world, most in most languages, yeah. like dad is is like... With a D. Yeah, some, something along those lines. It gets even better where they actually sort of say it and they know what they're saying. Well, that's it. There's that sure. Jack D sketch you know, that, where he says, It's a golden moment how you'll be holding your child how they look you in the eye for the very first time. And they go, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment. What a moment that is. And the cat walks in, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy, no. <laughs> no, table, cat, Daddy. Me daddy. No. No. Stop saying it till you know what the fuck you're talking about, all right? <laughs> Eliza does do that. She'll say, when I get home from work, she'll be like, dada, dada, dada. And I'll be like, that's so sweet. And then I'll be like, and who's that over there? She'll be like, dada. <laughs> to Alice. So I'm like, yeah, this is... Doesn't count. Very confused. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we should move on then. Let's move on. Let's, yeah, let's move on it. and introduce the guest. Yeah, do it. Who, who, who is your daddy and what does he do? We're absolutely delighted to be joined by Tom Redwood, the renowned chef and founder of the revolutionary vegetable-led baby food company, Babies, as in Babies. Uh, welcome, Tom. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for coming on. No, thank you for having me. It's uh, fascinating to hear uh, <laughs> the, the last month of you guys. I mean, <laughs> wow. Well, it's, uh, I should have said, actually, it's probably been even crazier for you because you're the father of an eight-week-old, is that? I am indeed, yes. Uh, 
born just before Christmas, due Christmas Eve. There was part of me that was kind of hoping that it was going to be Christmas Eve because uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun, you know, to have it. It's, it's, everyone's always happy, yeah. you know, always got time off work or school. It's kind and it's of, not Christmas Day. And it's not Christmas Day, yeah. um, but he decided to come early. Um, and yeah, it's been... It's been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of your son? Uh, Alexandros. Alexandros. Or Alex. Or Al. Okay. Yeah. Or Alekos. Or, uh, yeah. Joanna, my partner, she's Greek. So we've got the Greek influence going on there. So you're doing the dual sort of... Yeah, yeah. a lot of people do that, don't they? Yeah, we've gone for Greek, British, Greek, British. In what sense? So uh, Alexandros, James, Vakula, Redwood. Like it really, wow. oh yeah, it's a good name. That's a strong yeah. name. I would say That's British. Strong, yeah. yeah. It's a strong name. <laughs> it's a strong name. Yeah. And the biggest challenge so far? Um, I would have to say feeding, breastfeeding. It's, uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't all go according to plan. And we've had everything, you know, from tongue tie twice. Oh, really? We've had two operations. Oh, wow. Um, to not feeding at all, to not gaining weight, to then gaining loads of weight. To, uh, we've, and we've also just been through a cold, which I think is weirdly quite cute <laughs> because their, their, their <laughs> cough is just adorable. Yeah. Uh, until you realize that it's actually probably not quite nice. And they're, in, you know, but it is still very, very cute. Um, <laughs> Everything they do is cute. It, it is, yeah. Even the shits. Even, even that first Maconia, is it Maconia or something? No, the the black called? one. Yeah, the, like the Marmite. Yeah. 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 Everyone even, tells you about I, it, but I you're was, never quite prepared. I was very proud, you know. <laughs> it, it happened within eight hours, and I was like, oh, I am a dad now. <laughs> um, but yeah, now the yellow one's more like dull. I tend to kind of refer most of the poos, I would kind of connect them to, to food. Right. Funnily enough. Yeah. So, Tom, you um, obviously a chef, but you kind of like moved away from working in a restaurant into private chefing. Yeah, right? it was kind of a, it was a natural progression. I kind of got a bit tired of the robotness of uh, restaurants. You know, the kind of a check comes down and you have that terrifying clink of the check, you know, hitting the tube or the yeah, and you just become a robot. You know, check on. Da, 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 you know, and you just come into this, and I didn't have the. Um, I, I was starting to lose passion for it a little right, bit, yeah. and so I wanted to become an architect, and so I thought, oh, right. okay, I'm going to have a complete change of career. Um, but I did a round the world trip, kind of did my gap year at age 21 after um, nearly five years in restaurants. So I'd, I was already done quite a lot of cooking, and as part of that gap year, I did a ski season. Okay. And I was just introduced to a whole new world of cooking that I never even thought of. You know, when I was in control of the whole menu from start to finish and I'd cook for as little as a couple and there maybe two kids. Right. Sometimes even baby food. Um and uh or maybe up to eight adults and maybe three or four kids and you know, it was like having a dinner party every night. And uh, again, looping back to the psychology of food, I learned very quickly that if I spoke to the guests about the food that I was cooking, you know, where the ingredients came from, um, how I cooked it, uh, um, 
why I chose to pair it with maybe some ice wine or something, you know, why the, the sweetness of the grape really enhanced the richness or whatever it was. Yeah. I noticed that the way that the guests responded to how they enjoyed it was tenfold. Um, and so I just discovered a new way of cooking and it yeah. totally reignited my love that was has, has always been there. And uh, yeah, so becoming a, na- a private chef was so a natural the progression. private chef was for kind of like fancy... Fancy pants. dance. Fancy pants. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, so I, I did. I worked in the music biz for a very short period. Right. Um, I was the chef for um, Simple Minds. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, name drop. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, no. So I was. Uh, How I, long were you doing that? So I did a tour with them, a European tour. Yeah. And so I did all of their rehearsal studio time, where um, I was primarily employed for Jim because he wanted to get fit and eat healthy food and. And so they liked my food, so they invited me on the tour. And I was like, why not? Let's yeah. give this a go. I'm young. It was an amazing experience, exactly like you would think it would be from the movies, you know, being living on the tour bus, you know, getting two hours sleep every night. Debauched. Yeah, it was, it was, it was <laughs> Did pretty... Did you get involved in the it was, it was, it, it, the, the... Is it hard not to? There's a lot of things going on around you. Tell us some stories. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we went everywhere from Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia, Macedonia, Poland, Finland. Um, you know, we went everywhere. I mean, it was a, it was such a good time. Um, so, yeah, so I did that. And then I also uh, cooked the odd meal for, um, I did a very short tour for Craig David. <laughs> Do any of these people have any like weird? Actually, you probably can't say. But no, you like, can't say. Yeah. No, no. So Jim was all about health. So lots of Asian, lots of Japanese style. Right. Craig David <laughs> likes things that were convenient to eat. Right. Okay. So um, lots of things that you could pick up with your hands. Um, right. he, he was he's a very, very handsy. Isn't he's, he? a, he's very busy man. But I, I have to say, I found it difficult to not hear the bowl selector in my head. That Craig David <laughs> would like a pint of lager. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm of that generation. So tell us about your company, Babies. Well, since I left school, I didn't really know what to do. I wasn't very good at anything apart from art. Um, and a bit of music, yeah. so it's kind of a bit of where, a catch Where did 20. you go to, where are you, where are you from? Brighton. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Which is where Tom, the producer, and I went to university, and Benji, of course. <clears throat> yeah, it's quite Eastman. quite a uh, university. In fact, we said, we had a conversation before we got started, in which we it sort of transpired that yeah. you worked at a restaurant There's that a we, good chance I've cooked for you guys. Yeah, which I, is just blows my mind. Yeah. Especially as you guys liked it, so I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to definitely claim that one. Um, yeah, so that that was my fir- the first restaurant um, that I took seriously, a place called Terra Terre. The first day I walked into that kitchen, have you seen Ratatouille? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that moment when he eats something and he goes off into this transformative world where he pitches strawberries and balsamic vinegar and pieces of cheese. Whenever I have a food moment, that's kind of the, what I picture. That's kind of the food moment. And Terra Terra was like that, like the, the smell from the fridge, the herbs like that, that just wafted out of you was amazing. Because it, it's a vegetarian restaurant. It Terra is a Terra. vegetarian restaurant, yeah. And I was vegetarian still then. I'm not a veggie anymore. Oh, why not? Um, it was actually Terra Terra that turned me. Right. <laughs> because, uh, this isn't a great endorsement. Well, after well a while. It, was a real, it was a real foodie restaurant. Like Not one of the chefs was vegetarian, apart from the owners. But the chefs themselves weren't. Um, and I was a... I, I was a proper food geek 
and I worked every shift that they asked me to do. I was doing doubles and uh, to thank me for all my hard work, the restaurant offered to take me out for dinner. But the head chef said, there's one condition that you have to try meat. And I was like, yeah, I'm game. So we, I picked a restaurant in London and um, came up here and I had uh, scallops was the first thing that I tried. Wow. Which actually, if you, sorry to link back to baby food, it's kind of almost like a baby food experience in a way. Yeah. Because it's, the, it's trying something for the first yeah, time, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. quite rare. Yeah. So I've never had that connection before. And then I had duck with uh, mashed potato that had confit garlic in it. And I, I was converted i mean i've been on a whole food journey now so i'm uh, i i went massively can't you know trying to make up for all the meat that I, every day yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> well maybe by the look of me yeah um but yeah and then i went back to vegan and then kind of like weekday vegan and then i'm in a kind of a place now where i try at least to eat uh, as healthy as i can and just eat a lot more vegetables and plant-based proteins for a good three, four days of the week. I've always been fascinated by psychology and food. Um, one of the things that's really driven me from a very, very young age, and I think it's kind of a bit of the chef in me, you know, the arrogance that you can make anyone like something. Um, but I've always been fascinated by fussy eaters. Like, for instance, tomatoes. I mean, how many people do we all know in this room who say they don't like tomatoes? Yeah, that's true. But then you go, oh, I but I bet you like pizza. And they go, oh, well, yeah, of course I like pizza. And I bet you like bolognese. And I go, well, yeah, of course I like bolognese, but I don't like tomatoes. Yeah. It's like, well, actually you do. Mm. <laughs> it's just that you've got this whole psychological... What people don't like are those kind of horrible, plasticky tomatoes that are grown in kind of massive, yeah. like... Polytunnels. Yeah, polytunnels. Yeah, I haven't seen any sunlight. And Do you think it stems from childhood? Or do you think it's just a... It's well, I'm, I'm one of five, and I definitely, out of all of my brothers and sisters, was stubbornly different. When my dad had a beer and I dipped my finger in the foam, my brothers and sisters would do it, and they'd go, horrible. And I'd do it, and i go, oh, it's quite nice, actually. But I didn't like it, <laughs> yeah. but I just said I liked it. So that, Because, you, ha you know, when there's five of you, you have to, you know, really try to stand out from the crowd. You yeah. do it, and it's also kind of a showing-off thing, isn't it, as yeah. well? I remember that... My parents tell the story of I was I once was very young and I was showing off and I wanted in an Italian restaurant I wanted Parmesan put onto my chocolate ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> like I demanded yeah, it. Yeah. And I was showing like I had cousins there and everything. Yeah, I'd and you know, yeah, life. I love this. This is and my parents were like, fine. <laughs> yeah. But then you gotta finish it. I'm yeah, like, yeah, no yeah problem. okay. And um, and I finished it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and yeah. I still have it to this day. Well, <laughs> but there is, but then there is a thing that salt makes bitter less bitter. Right. Okay. So yeah. maybe if you did, got the right level of parmesan, mm. you might have actually nailed it. There we and go. it's also a natural umami, so you kind of got that. So you're probably I was yeah, Heston. Something. You know. Yeah. yeah. Shit, I hope Heston's not listening. But <laughs> yeah. He steals it. Um, well, Tom might steal it for his baby. Yeah, do you know what? It's, it's, if I was allowed my phone on, I'd have that down there now. <laughs> There's this whole thing of like things such as, let's say, coriander, which mm -hmm. a lot of people, they reckon oh, it it's tastes actually like cilantro. Soap. That's what some people <laughs> yeah. say. But I get that. Like, oh, it tastes like perfume. I yeah, get that. I do get it. Yeah. Because it can't, like, it is a very perfumey yeah. herb. Yeah. But what's amazing, even with coriander, like, if you go to Portugal, for example, they use it completely different to us. You know, they'll chop it up and put it in a tomato and fish stew. And when you can't, and they put loads of it in there. Yeah. But then when you eat it, it doesn't taste like the coriander. So, like, it's amazing how kind of flavors can also change depending on where you are, how they're used, mm. how you're also perceiving it. And we certainly are influenced by the foods that we eat 
all of our lives, you know, from childhood. Like, whose lasagna is the best? My mum's. Yeah. Yeah. Your mum's, my mum's, like, but they I'd can't all be mine the best. Is better than my mum's, but <laughs> <laughs> um, there's always an exception. Okay, well, that's the end of part one. Back after this. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Going back to the fussy, so is that kind of what inspired... Well, not Babies. no, it, it was more when, so when I hit about 30, lots of my friends started having kids. Um, my sister and my brothers, they both started popping them out. And I was uh, seeing one of my friends feeding their kids a very well-known pouch. Um, and uh, I was curious as a chef, you know, I was like, can I, do you mind if I have a taste? You know, stuck my finger in it. And I was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. Like, <laughs> have you guys tasted this? And their answer to me just baffled me. Right. Yeah, I know it's baby food. Like that, that they accepted that it didn't taste nice. I mean, yeah. ha, the amount of parents that I've spoken to, and they haven't even tasted the baby food because they're too scared it tastes Jamie's, bad. Jamie's in that camp, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, but isn't that weird? Yeah, it is that, weird. that we yeah. don't think that the food that we feed our kids should taste good. But it just looks. And so I was like, damn, that guys, 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 you can't give them this. Like, you know, I started linking up the fussy eating, you know, the foods you're eating, eat right early on, affect your... And the more I kind of got into that world and speaking to my friends, the more I realised that, you know, actually the food we do eat does shape our palates. And if the food that we eat is the food, if you're, uh, uh, you know eat mostly co- commercial made baby food and you don't experience the taste of broccoli yeah. and you don't experience the the kind of cabbagey taste of cauliflower then you're not being exposed to the whole plethora of uh, the whole wide world of food mm. um if you only eat commercial baby food the in the early days in stage one um stage one is predominantly sweet mm. it's fruit based and the fact that it was even titled a vegetable just made me even more furious, you know, mm. that if this was any other industry, like if, if this was a, um, a healthy uh, smoothie for an adult and we were sold it as being broccoli um, with a bit of pear and then some pea, yeah. and then when we looked on the back at 79% pear, we'd be outraged. Mm. Like that product would not survive, you know, the fact that... So it, why is it? Why does it in, um, in baby food? Why are they allowed to... I mean... There's a there's a whole load of reasons that you hear other brands talking about why they do it. 
Um, and, you know, there's this whole link that breast milk is sweet, so is formula. So, therefore, you have to give your baby something sweet, yeah. which, I mean, again, I'm no scientist, but if you do look at some of the research out there, there's this thing called the flavor window where your baby's the most receptive to flavor in the first 12 months than they'll ever be for the rest of their lives. Right. Okay. The most receptive. And so, actually... It's easy to get a child to eat or a baby to eat um, an apple pouch or a vegetable pouch heavily flavoured with apple or pear. It's easy to get them to eat it, but it's not necessarily difficult if you start off on the right foot with um, giving them a more savoury vegetable flavour, especially if you realise that you're not giving them a complete meal. So there's no pressure on the parent that they have to eat a whole pouch. Yeah, You know, the first three, four months, it's about learning and engaging with food and textures i mean it's quite weird right imagine if you go from eating this delicious sweet milk that does change if it's breast milk actually with flavor with the food that the mum eats but that's another another subject you then go into this world where it's a bit thicker Mm. you know you have to start moving around your mouth and kind of um it's quite uh i'm gonna be a bit cynical here okay yes which is unlike me i was gonna say because i suspect that the reason why those baby companies you know, kind of load it with pear and things like that. It's obviously because like parents are a great market mm-hmm. for like baby companies. And the key thing, if you're a brand is you want to make sure that the first experience with that product is goes down well. So if you buy a pouch for your baby and the, and they don't like it, you might be like, won't buy that one again. Yeah. Mm. So you're so you're actually they're not really thinking about the the babies, are well, they? They're thinking about the bottom line. I think I think well obviously <laughs> about that cynical. Obviously they're commercial and they need to they will be thinking like that. But I I also think times have changed. I mean if you think back to the smoothie nowadays we don't even think necessarily as drinking a smoothie is as healthy as we once thought it was. So maybe putting fruit in a vegetable product wasn't considered bad. I just think in today's society um uh with the knowledge that we now have that we should be starting off with more vegetables and at least trying to stick with as much of the savory tastes um while you can at the beginning yeah. and then introduce the fruit kind of uh as you go um, you don't necessarily need to give an apple pouch you could sometimes just peel an apple if you're at home and give them an apple to suck on or a banana let them mash it in their hands so i think it's a combination of educating parents to know that you know, so you can make informed decisions because the amount of parents that I've spoken to on this journey who don't actually know that there's fruit in these products yeah. or as mu- at least as much fruit as there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's even ones that are titled without any fruit in the title. Um, I won't say the names because you're... I think we all know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then when you uh, turn the pouch over, it's, you know, 70% fruit and it's just... That shouldn't be allowed. Um, That's crazy. I had because I had this chat with Nat the other day. Like I was saying, you know, you're coming on. And I was saying because there's there's no like you know it's low in sugar and, and no fruit and and Nat was saying <clears throat> the one that we use was like yeah, but sometimes there's no. We get like the pea and broccoli and mm-hmm. carrot one. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, why do why is yours different? And I guess that's. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. I guess that's kind of answer. Well, um, th- we've got a couple of things that makes ours different. Um, obviously, it's been designed by a chef so it's definitely flavor led um because we think it's really important so for instance one of our best-selling uh stage twos is a carolyn curry 
Um, And it was inspired from my trips around Kerala. Um, Another one of our best ones is a Thai curry. Okay. You know, um, and so... Minus fle- the chilli, I take it. It is minus the yeah. chilli, yeah. But it, it's got kaffir lime leaves in it. It's got lemongrass. It's got ginger. It's got I garlic. I get involved with these. These yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah, and, and, and we're talking about yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the and the lime leaf, for instance, we grow in the UK um, okay. because it's the only way to get fresh lime leaves, yeah. and so it's got that whole kind of chefy thing about it, where you, you really care where the ingredients come from. Do you are you sort of like with your ingredients? Is it sort of local? Uh, businesses or where, local where we can i mean you're quite restricted with regulations about levels of uh, things quite rightly and so there's a whole list of things that you need to comply with um but we do work with british farmers where we can and we're also made in our own factory so we own the factory that we're made in which is quite rare yeah other things that we do that's different so we never dilute so we never add either fruit or water um and then later on we we're the only brand potentially in the world definitely in europe uh that um have built in our own guidelines that are super strict so for instance we're the only brand that guarantees 65 calories or more in a stage two um, onwards which is considered a complete meal right um and that's because breast and formula milk both have 65 about 65 oh, calories okay. in right, okay. and so if you drop below 65 calories then you're not giving the same calories of what the breast and formula milk we're giving right, yeah. the average calorie content in uh, commercial baby food is around 48 okay. uh, it drops as low as 35 oh, wow. you know there's a lamb product on the market that is 35 calories, which is mad. Mm. You know, that's diet food. You know, you wouldn't want to give your kid diet food. And it's because the first ingredient stock and the few, I don't want to give all the secrets away, but you know, um, and, uh, and then, down, Seth. coming up with our own one, uh, <laughs> baby, baby diet food. And so, chunky baby. and so we, ours is thicker. I mean, I've got some products for you to have a look at and you can see ours is thicker yeah. and it's because we don't dilute it. We want to give you the bet. We want to make it as close to what you make at home. You wouldn't kind of make a product and then all of a sudden go, do you know what? I'm going to stick 50% water in yeah. that. You just wouldn't. Well, do you know what? Actually? That's a soup. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, because I make the majority of food that, Matilda well has. done. Like we have, I, well, I tried to. Like it's, you know, trying to. I mean, what do you some, make? What's what's your also, kind of? I like to cook a lot, but I'm a massive stickler for a recipe. Yeah, like I do not, and I, same, same as me. I need to. It needs, you know, if if we, I'll be like, what is what is half a cup? I need to know mm-hmm. exactly. And now yeah. I'll be like, it's about that. I'm like, I don't want to battle. Yeah. I need to know what half a, you know, it's that kind of thing. So we do. You asking me what I make? I make loads of stuff like. Cod and uh, broccoli with some cheese, nice and, uh, sweet and potatoes, yummy, and then some like pea and chicken purees. Did, and, like, did any of them have? One, which is like, did any of them have fifty percent water added at the end? Well, funny, some of them do have stock, and some of them yeah. do have a bit of water. But then when you put it in the food processor, I'm always looking at going, that's too thick. Yeah, and because I'm used to what kind of the the stuff that the brands come yeah. out of pouches, that yeah. I kind of start adding more water because I'm worried that it's too thick but then I guess it's yeah this is when I see when well, I go off uh, recipe yeah I start freaking out well if you think about baby led weaning <laughs> mm. I mean they they eat exactly what we're eating you yeah. know I mean I, I think um you just kind of gotta trust your instinct and give well, it a go you say that but we did it we were like okay we're gonna do a roast like a roast chicken on Sunday and we'll yeah. do it and let's save a bit of that behind we hear that's a good thing to do mm-hmm. save a bit of everything and then blend it all up and then she has like a roast chicken thing the mistake we the mistake we made is I, I cooked everything. I roasted all the potatoes, all the carrots in like a ton of oil and mm-hmm. salt and everything. And then I kind of went, right, I'll save a potato here, save a carrot there. And I'm, I blended it all up and it just looked, I mean, it looked, I still gave it to her because I thought, well, 
what's the worst that can happen? She didn't like it. It's the one thing I've made or anything that we've been in that she just hasn't liked. Right. Was my roast dinner, which is fair enough. It was really <laughs> oily. It, oily and salty. And yeah. So I think the next time. But they like, like salt though, don't they? Is that right? It's sweet and salt things at oh, first. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're cooking at home, you can put it. There's not many meals that you would make yourself mm. that can't either be. Um, what well, after you've done all the salt and no, you, you just have to be really thoughtful with seasonings. So mm. salt is a no. Uh, I mean, ideally, don't add any at all because there's actually natural salt in the vegetables yeah. uh, from the soil that they're grown in. Um, but on the whole, just be a bit sensible. Don't you? You can use spices, but don't make it so it's spicy. You know, use cumin, use coriander. Um, use paprika, use fennel seeds, use herbs. You know, there's not many meals. I mean, give me a meal, for example, something that you would make at home. Shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie. See, perfect. Right. I mean, you don't even need to. You don't even need to mince that, yeah, do you? Yeah, that was an easy. Yeah, one. go on. Steak. Give me... Steak doesn't really work. No, steak's not a great one. <laughs> Although, if you're doing baby led weaning, you could cut them a piece to suck on. I mean, they're not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get through much of it, but you know, on the whole, spaghetti bolognese, um, shepherd's pie, um, stews, pieces of grilled sea bass. You know, you don't really have to do much to make it baby friendly. Even though I make all this, I can't eat it. I, I've never. Yeah, I, you're, I, you're so weird. What, what is it? Is it just because you got that whole thing of baby food going? Do you know what, I don't know. I, it's the it's the puree. Like, I'm fine when I'm making it. I'm like, oh, that looks smells really good. And I see everything that goes into it. I'm like, I'd eat all of that, no problem. Put it in a blender, mash it. It goes. And I'm like, I can't go near that. But what what about if you go to a, one of the, the fancy restaurants you're talking about? They have, there's always a smear on the plate or a smudge or a splash. Yeah, or... that's true. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just, the, it's just a lot of stuff going in. See, it's, it's the whole psychology of food I, again. I'm the complete opposite. Like every time I, we get like a, a new pouch or something like that for Eliza, I'm like, I want to try some of that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I'll say to Alice, don't let her finish it. I want to try it. <laughs> I know. I don't Save know. a spoon for me. Yeah, exactly. And is it good? Well, some of them are like tastier than, than others. But yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah. No, but then I'm happy that like what I'm giving her is something that I would mm. theoretically eat myself. I mean, it, it should taste like real food at yeah, the end right. of the day. I guess we should talk about when when you know that it's the right time for your baby to start. We so I just weaning is that the right term? Uh, well, yes and no. Everyone knows what weaning is, or yeah. actually, everyone knows that it means it. What it means? Yeah, food. But actually, the government now has started to use it less because of the whole breastfeeding trying to encourage pe- people, people yeah, yeah because if as soon as you say weaning you're thinking that you're moving away from something right yeah, but yeah. actually the first few months of weaning it, you're not weaning at all the first okay. few months you're just introducing food yeah. so they've got a new phrase that's a bit of a mouthful it's called complementary feeding um, but actually if you really stop and pause for a moment complementary feeding is exactly what you're doing yeah so you're continuing with breast or formula feeding yeah. but what you're doing is you're introducing um uh different textures different flavors so it's not necessarily about how much they eat in the first especially in the first month um depending what age you start as well um yeah. because uh it's a bit controversial when you should start and i think again it's because it's such a um a gray area there's not one exact like there's not a, an alarm bell that goes Tring! you know your baby's now six months it's ready to go mm-hmm. or likewise you know at four months you know there's not a ring your baby's ready to wean there should be um there should we should invent that it's about when the baby's physically ready you know um because they signs for that like how would you 
know. So supporting their weight, sitting upright, um, engaging in you eating, so being really interested in what you're eating, being able to have eye-to-hand coordination, which is why finger foods are a really good way to start them off, actually, but because you're not really giving them a, a a lot of food to eat not much i don't know um one of you tried uh, baby led weaning i believe yeah yeah i've tried it yeah yeah, yeah. so you not, end up with a lot of stuff on the floor on the floor what's, just yeah so what's just for what what's the difference between baby led weaning and normal as it were in inverted um, commas weaning so baby led weaning is when um you let the baby lead you know how much it eats so you just you put, put the, you put the food in front of them yeah no yeah basically in, uh, if you what, go you did that yeah and if, if you go really hardcore, you don't even hand them the spoon. You right. really put it in front of them okay. and they put their hands in it. And and what's the benefits um, of that over the other? It's supposed to be good for the whole psychology around food because they build up a good relationship around food. Mm. It's supposed to be better for, uh, or at least encourages speech because they use their jaws more, they chew more. Um, I'm probably going to do baby-led weaning, but with pouches and or pouches for convenience obviously and a bit of homemade when we've got time because i'm i'm real i'm a bit of a realist that the modern society that we live in you know i'm here tonight for instance and yeah, i've yeah. got a baby at home so you know we, yeah. we you've got to be a bit realistic about it i mean i'm no expert when it comes to baby led weaning so uh, you know that, that's going to be something that i'm going to be uh getting the books out myself right, yeah. but it's, i just it's really i tell you what it's like really frustrating for yeah. a long time. I mean, it, I'm sure you know people' experiences differ, but like Eliza, just it's, it was like you know one step forward, two step back. Yeah. back it felt like a lot of the time. So did you quit that or you? No, we carried on doing it, but we did get we uh, we we would supplement it with other stuff. So we would like try pouches and and stuff like that to make sure she was getting some food. But she was really, as you as I've spoken about before, she was she's still like quite a small baby. So when mm. whenever we went to see the health visitor. They were always trying to sort of encourage us to, you know, give her more food. Essentially, like force her to have more food. Um, God. But I, I never that never really sat well for me. That, and mm, I'm glad that no. we didn't really sort of push it because force feeding's never. No, you know, it's not good. The... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I just think that you, you got to do what fits within and what works well for your family. So you've got stage what what are the stages that you offer do you do all the so what what are the stages one two i should know this yeah. i should definitely well, know. This well this is no. my remit like at home like you know the whole mental load thing that we were talking yeah, about right, yeah, a few yeah. weeks ago that's my well lo- lots remit. lots of the brands actually moved away from stages <laughs> and yeah. i think it's because it then meant that they could have a bigger range because they could do um four months six months seven months 10 months, 12 months, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. There's this big pressure that parents um, feel. They think, oh, my baby's seven months, but they're rejecting all texture. Mm. Well, maybe your baby's not quite ready, you know. Mm. And so we thought that by trying to be a bit more uh, parent-friendly, by introducing stages again, because we moved away from stages for a while. So we're now going back to stages. There's a lot of evidence now that babies that eat commercial baby food aren't learning to chew because you keep them on sucking purees out of a pouch for too long. And so as a brand, we really encourage spoon feeding as much as possible. You know, if you eat directly from the pouch, you don't actually get the smell of the food. So actually emptying into a bowl and serving it like a meal is really important if you can. There's no difference in the pouch recipe 
for a stage three, it's just a textual thing. Right. So as soon as your baby's kind of like moving food around their mouth, maybe you've, you're using a combination of baby-led weaning and pouches, and so they're already used to big chunks of broccoli and carrot sticks, et cetera, et cetera. You'll actually be ready for stage three earlier than 10 months, which is right. what the industry is. So how, how does that work? How, does it, how is it chunky then if it's in a pouch? Like so, so stage three is in tear tops. There we go. But then we, but then we actually achieve quite a lot of texture in our um, in the pout, in the right. nozzle as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, um, an MPD. I probably shouldn't say it, but we got a, a, a pasta um, bolognese kind of style yeah. um, coming out, and it's got big pieces of spaghetti in it. You know, yeah. a good kind of few centimeters long. It's got texture from the beef in there. Nice. Um, I, uh, I'll try. I'd definitely try that. Yeah, That's well, what I would try. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do actually have some with me, but. Uh, oh, no, I've changed my mind. <laughs> we're going to get to try them. Well, if you want, yeah. I, I mean, I, I want it. Definitely. I want it yeah. yeah. Right, so we're doing the experiment now. Um, we've got a number of five. paper bowls. There's five a napkin. Paper bowls. There should have been more. I have to be honest with you. Leaving the office in a rush, we brought the wrong product what? for you guys to try. Oh. So this isn't going to so be... There's no bolognese. There's no bolognese. Oh, I'm really what? sorry. Um, but what we got here is we got some... Uh, these are all marketed as vegetable products. Right. Okay. okay. And so they're different brands. They're different brands. Yeah, okay. And they're, they're all considered premium i haven't gone out and picked the cheapest on the market okay they're all kind of right up there with the premium brands yeah so um if you start so i start with this one yeah see immediately the texture of this one is quite Gloopy. quite watery that is quite fruity what does that taste of i'm gonna have some more hang on now he's now he's got into yeah, it look, well, that's he's... like oh i think i know what that is that's really sweet. Is as a parent you feel great because you're giving your kids vegetables, but are you tasting the vegetables? No. Yeah, that is quite sweet. Isn't it? Okay, move on to the next one. That looks very similar though to that one. This is like a green. I mean, they're all. I went for green ones. So greeny brown. Fair, yeah. So these are all marketed as green vegetables. That tastes very similar. I can't taste any vegetable in that one. That just tastes like fruit. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. And so that's again like appley you, pear kind of. You, you guys have admitted that you don't. Well, apart from your, yourself, that you don't taste the baby food. Yeah. So you're assuming yeah. that they're eating this wonderful broccoli's or whatever it is yeah, the yeah, vegetables yeah. that that they're supposed to be. But actually, what are they tasting? Yeah, that's just like. And so it's no wonder that when you try to get them to eat broccoli at home. Okay. So they're, yeah, like, they're not into it. What's the prime? What do they say is the primary? Just one of the ingredients in that broccoli. Right. There's no broccoli. I can't taste any broccoli in that. That's just pure apple. And that one, Supposedly. green vegetables. Green vegetables. From spring. Well, it is green. Right, this, this is a bit more chunky. Yeah, this is one of ours. This is a curry um, one. So it's, you should have like a bit oh, yeah. of coconut. You yeah, should have yeah. a bit of spice. That's the kale and curry that one. That's really nice. Yeah. That's really nice. You put a bit of chilli in that. Mm. You have that with a bit of naan bread. That's delicious. That is well yeah. nice. You could, I you could, eat could that just eat that like yeah. watching the football, a couple Easy. of beers. Oh, there we mate. go. <laughs> Do you know what? I'd, I'd love to come back when, when we, cause we are stage threes, obviously more chunky, and it is like 
a real curry. It's amazing. I'm one hundred percent a convert. Really? I want to go. Yeah, I want to go. You want to go back? You want to go? Maybe face first. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for you. I'd like to see that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lies will have to wait. Yeah, yeah. What's important is it isn't actually about how much fruit or how much sugar there. It's about this is you're developing their taste buds. And so it's not actually about the apple. You know, they're not going to get fat from eating this. You're not going to have an obese child from eating this. But what you are going to do is you're developing their, their taste buds to have a preference for sweet. As soon as you go down that road, you know, later on in life, it's harder and harder to get them to start making the good choices that yeah. we need to make. And then what happens is we start then campaigning, you know, in schools about healthier dinners. But you, you've lost the battle if already your kids have this preference yeah. uh, for sweet. So why don't you start a bit earlier? Why, why don't we start campaigning to make baby food healthier? Hey, I've got some dad tech here. Oh, yes. Yes. Dad tech. It's dad tech time. So this one, I mean, I thought was quite relevant to this week's guest, Tom Redwood, and um, the whole baby weaning. I mean, it's not, it's nothing to do with that, to be fair, but I thought it was quite relevant. It's um, from babybanana.com. Okay. Do you know about this? No. Right, okay. So what it is, it's like a toothbrush for babies. Right. Um, I'm not selling it very well. I'll, I'll read what they say. Um, they said, we didn't invent the toothbrush, we made it safer. So basically, it stems from, um, uh, this is what they say on the website. In 2001, a happy blonde-haired toddler was chewing on his toothbrush, as toddlers often do. While running, he suddenly fell, and the hard plastic toothbrush impaled the roof of his mouth, Jesus. puncturing the soft palate Is tissue. this on the... F- Hang on. This is on their website. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, they, yeah. The injury could have been fatal, and injuries like it are the leading cause of children under two visiting the emergency room. Wow. The leading apparently yeah like this they're being quite vague about it but basically what they've done is they've made it in the shape of a banana so the kid can kind of get used to food yeah and get used to and it's got bristles on it on the end so it kind of rubs so they get used to kind of the idea of brushing your teeth and it's like rubber bristles i should say it's all like in one thing what age is this from so that one is uh this is sort of toddlerish for uh, infants to 12 months so series two then no series one yeah, yeah, I guess so. Toddlers. Yeah, but we've been. I've I got sent these and I tried it out with Matilda, and she loves it. She just chews on it, and yeah. it's kind of like it's good for teething as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. You can put them in the freezer, and you can put them there. there you uh, washing um, dishwasher friendly, so you keep them sterile. And then they do other ones. So like a sharky infant toothbrush, uh, which is <laughs> uh, in the shape of a shark, and this is infants to twenty four months, um, and you can put a little strap on it, and they can just. You know, and they just chew on it and it's kind of, these ones here, look, the bristles on that one are a little bit more fine. So they're a bit more like a toothbrush. Right. You'll see. So I yeah, should have yeah. taken out the packet there. And then they do older ones, which I don't have, which are more like actual toothbrushes. Right. Okay. But it's like an elephant's holding it with its trunk, but it's bendy. So if you were to fall and slip, it would just bend backwards sort of right. thing. So yeah. So um, basically, hang on, I'll get the info up. Bear with me. And they're $8.95, $8.95. $8.95 and you can get them at www.baby-banana.com 
Um, and I think they've won a ton of awards as well. Do, the, um, does Matilda have teeth yet? Oh, she? that's a good point, actually. She got her first one. She's got her first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and, wow. Uh, the other day. Okay. We can now see it. Uh, so we could feel it for a bit. Yeah. And now we can see it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's quite good to get, get in there early with a toothbrush. Yeah, I think so. It's just like, of, just not you know, like, you know, vigorously brushing, but just to get the sensation of having a Get them brush. used to have like bristles on their yeah. gums and stuff. So when you come to train them to use a toothbrush, they've been doing it for... Yeah. Personally, I think it's good. I don't know how dad techie is, but I think it's quite fun. It's the kind of thing you want to get them doing and I'd be totally up for Matilda just carrying this around and playing with it. So so yeah, so that's uh, www.baby-banana.com. Okay, so that's it for this most recent episode of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly, the fatherhood podcast. Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up. Okay, well then, let's wrap it up there. Well, I think that probably about wraps up the conversation for today. For today. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone. We're going to wrap it up there. All right, let's wrap things up there. Tom Redwood, thank you so, so much for coming to speak with us about your delicious baby foods. Thank you for having me. Where's the best, what's your website and the best place to kind of, I know you said. Um, So it's uh, babies, which is spelled um, B-A-B-E-A-S-E, dot co, just dot co, so www.babies.co. We're kind of leading the way, a bit edgy. I didn't know you could have them. Yeah, you know, we're a small startup, so we're kind of owning the dot co. But you can find us in most Tesco's. Um, so we actually had the biggest launch that Tesco's have done. Uh, we had 12 products that were launched oh, wow. um, on Tesco's 12 months ago. Um, but then you can also find us in Boots, Amazon, uh, on Ocado, um, and then lots of independents around London. And then hopefully some more stores coming soon. And very awesome. quickly, what's your, what's your favourite flavour that you do, would you say? No. If people are going to try one An- for the first time. Annoyingly, do you know what the bolognese that we've kind <laughs> of, yeah. that really smashes it. You know, it, it tastes as good as mama makes it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jamie. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, listeners. Um, oh, as always. Yeah, and just, you know, obviously continue to download, listen, share, like, review. Right. Rate. Tell your friends. All of that stuff. All Tell of your that. friends and and your family. Yeah. And you can find us uh, on social media at Good Dad Ugly on Twitter and Instagram. Come say hi. And Facebook as well, obviously. And Facebook. Obviously. Wicked. Cheers. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.